Lonnie and Kay were high school sweethearts. But over time, the never-ending conflict and their loss of love threatened to tear their marriage apart. When we filled out our forms with Focus on the Family, they asked us if we believed in a miracle, if we were willing to allow a miracle to happen. And, you know, with all my heart, that's what I wanted. Lonnie and Kay attended Hope Restored, where Focus counselors help heal and restore broken relationships, giving husbands and wives godly hope for the future. I guess what I'd say is I cherish her now more than I did before, and I, and I have a way that I can communicate to her that I did not have before, and Focus on the Family has given me that ability. I'm Jim Daly. Working together, we can save more families like Kay and Lonnie's every month. Become a friend to Focus on the Family by calling 800-A-FAMILY or donate at focusonthefamily.com family. Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parenting podcast. In the Old Testament, the book of Proverbs, chapter 15, we read, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And many are familiar with that verse, but during heated moments with your kids, it can be so hard not to react with harsh words and to stir up anger. I'm John Fuller with Dr. Danny Huerta, who's the Vice President of Parenting and Youth here at Focus on the Family. And today we're going to hear a conversation Jim Daly and I had with authors Amber Leah and Wendy Speak, who are very honest about their own struggles with anger. They uh, gave some helpful tips for handling back-talking and whining in a more positive, godly way. Let's talk about back-talking. Okay, every mom just leaned in. Yes, that's my problem. I have an 8-year-old. I have a 12-year-old. Yes, a teenager. (laughs) But, okay, what's happening in the dynamic? Let's dissect it almost clinically and then talk practically about Mm -hmm. how to ease the back-talking moment. Sure. When our kids back-talk, our tendency is to talk back. In like, you know, they come at us with negative energy and we dish it back because we are bigger and we are stronger. And so whatever they've brought to us, we can do. And the same is true, of course, with a slamming door or a nasty face or impatient size. You know, they do wrong. And so we respond in like. Mm. Um, But, I mean, let's just take it right to the word of God. And we know over and over and over again that the children of Israel dished it out to their heavenly father. And God was long-suffering. He was patience. Romans 2, 4 says it was the kindness of the Lord that has led them us to repentance. And could it be that the, the kindness of a mother or father has more power to lead a child to repentance than talking back in like to their back talk. So I'm not saying this is permissive parenting. Absolutely. You you don't get to back talk. Um, but don't respond in like. But we don't need to respond right. in like. So I can very clearly prepare what I'm going to say when someone speaks to me in an unkind way. Just like if I had a work colleague that was rude to me, I would say, you know, that makes me feel awful. Or I respond rude back. I need to prepare before I go back to work tomorrow. When they do that, what am I going to say? Well, it's an important thing to describe too. Why? Why are we uh, as parents responding that way? I mean, your mom, so speak from the mom's perspective. Well, I think that it's, it's disrespectful. Absolutely. And we're ready for them to grow up. And I also think that our expectations are we never expected 
our little person mm-hmm. whom we love Not and adore. Our little child. And yeah. our, we, we spend our energy working to serve and love. So when they do it, it's very hard to not take it personally, to not feel victimized. And I don't know if you've heard this term, hurt people hurt people. Oh, yes. And so I think that the mom who says, but I was never yelled at and I've never yelled at anybody or I Mm -hmm. was yelled at and I swore I never would. And then all of a sudden it snaps and something comes out of your mouth. Well, we get hurt feelings too. And so I think that Amber says it in triggers. She says, we need to change our mind about what a trigger is. A trigger Mm -hmm. isn't an opportunity to be angry. And a trigger is an opportunity to parent. So when they hurt our feelings, if it would trigger in us a red flag that, oh, that child needs some parenting. This is not about me. This Mm -hmm. is about them. And I'm the mom for the job. I'm going to go help that child know that it's not the way that they get to talk to me. But of course, the question is, and I'm asking this on behalf of all the moms listening right now, how do you step back from that precipice of emotion? Because you're getting it right to you. Yeah. Well, and you're going, okay, little one, I can win at this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wham. Yeah. How do you step and, back? And so that back talk piece, along with the feelings of being disrespected that they're talking yeah. back to you, is a really visceral thing. Like our bodies literally tense up. Oh, emotions. Boom. Emotions. We feel like we're just going to literally blow our tops. You know, that's, a, that's an expression for a reason. Right. And so my body, I can feel it tighten and stiffen. And that's even actually a clue to me now that I do need to calm myself down. So I take a deep breath, first of all, when they start talking back to me and being disrespectful. And I, I did a study on, you know, what does respect mean in the Bible? What does that term mean? And really, it's about placing a value of importance on the other person. Yes. Really, it's kind of the golden rule. It's treating others as you would want to be treated. It's mm. valuing them more than yourself. And so when my kids are not doing that, I literally have to plan, like Wendy said, you have to plan ahead outside of conflict and think to yourself, okay, I'm going to remain calm and then I'm going to speak the truth in love to my child. So it's not that I'm just going to let them back talk to me. I'm not going to yell and scream at them and join them in the fight. I'm going to say to them, Oliver, the way that you're talking to me right now simply is disrespectful and I don't deserve that. And it's not something that I know is really who you want to be as someone who's learning about Jesus yourself and wanting to be like him. So let's take a break and we'll come back together again in a few minutes. And then you can talk to me in a normal voice and we can figure out what the problem, real problem is. So your question was, what do you say when you feel it coming up? You know, when you feel it rising up. And I think that we have two, we have two suggestions for that. The first is stop your roll. So slow down, Lord, slow me down. Or as Amber and I say, take a holy Holy pause. pause. (laughs) And then consider the right response. Now, it is okay to not respond right away to your child to say, you know what? I am not ready to respond kind and calm to you. That hurt my feelings. I need you to spend some time in your room while I figure out how I'm going to respond to you. And that's okay. But I would also say the slowing down means, hey, I see that I have this recurring issue Mm -hmm. with that child. Right. I'm going to plan a response. So one of the oh, one of the good. quotes from Triggers is figure out what you mean to say before you say something mean. Yeah. And then I say slow down, sit down and write down. Like actually do the work. I mean if we say we really really value how we build our children up rather than tear them down, then find 15 minutes when you're not triggered and consider with the Lord's help, give me wisdom, Lord. What's a better way to respond? And get together with their other parent and say, how do we want to respond? Because he or she has the tendency 
to talk to us like this? How do we want to call them up into better behavior rather than backing talk, talk right. back, talking back to their back talk? Yeah, we're yeah. modeling for them what we're asking of them. And that's so important because if we were to just yell back and say mean things and not have a, a plan in place for when these triggered moments come up, then we're really being kind of hypocritical. And that's the last thing I want to be as a mom. I'm not saying we're, we have to be perfect, not at all. But I want to be speaking to my child respectfully and calmly mm -hmm. because that's how I want them to talk to me. That's so true. And unfortunately, I think for moms particularly, this is what I've noticed, is when they blow it, they heap a ton of guilt onto Huge. themselves, more than dads, in my opinion. Yeah. I think dads are like, well, they deserved it, and you walk away. <laughs> we just kind of tend to compartmentalize, yeah. which is our, you know, our... I, I know my husband would, would agree with yeah, you. And, you and know, he can move is, on. He's like, well, he shouldn't have been stupid. You, you feel know? guilty, and then you want to fix it. But I think I just want to drive that point home to the for the mom that um, consistently is blowing it. Mm -hmm. She is reacting emotionally for yes. all the reasons that we talked about to give her those handles to be able to back up. And I like the idea of think about it before you're in the conflict. Yeah. And then that moment of truth, you've got to say, I need a deep breath. I need to back off here and even express it if you need to, as you just yeah, uh, yes. gave us that example. That's so easy to hear, but yet oftentimes so hard to do. It is, unless you plan it. So plan it and so practice it. And then practice, and practice yeah. it. And then the other thing I do is um, I, I ask for forgiveness when I mm. missed it. Which is so good for the kids to hear. Yeah. Well, so good. Just recently, I've had to ask for forgiveness for different things as they're growing up. That's good. So my 15-year-old, um, I just recently said, you know, the way that I'm correcting your speech has been mocking you. Mm. And... You've communicated that to me, and I haven't changed my tone with wow. you. And I'm sorry. That's wrong. I would mm. never let someone speak to you that way, the way that I have been. And so would you please forgive me? And he forgave me. Yeah. And then a couple months later, I did it again. And I came back, and I said, I did it again. I'm sorry. I'm going to make a plan mm -hmm. to now not correct your speech mm -hmm. because I've learned that I haven't yet learned how to do it in a respectful way, so I'm not going to do it wow, at all. Wow, what great modeling. Yeah. Wow. Some great advice from our guests today, and it really does help to have a plan to be less reactionary when the moment comes, Danny. And I wonder if you could give us some examples of, you know, kind of what to aim for, like what's a good response when my kids are whining and complaining. Like one, one time my daughter said, camping again? I don't want to go camping. And I can have, you know, some good reasons that she needs to go camping, but what's a better way to respond? A lot of times they come out of nowhere, right, Sean? Yes, uh, and, that was and unexpected. You're, you're, not, you're not prepared for the the margin it's going to take emotionally to, to, to respond to that in the moment. And you're surprised by it, caught off guard. It is good to have a plan in place. But it's even more important to understand where it's coming from. Your kids are trying to navigate their emotional world that is very tumultuous. It's a strong component. That's the, that's the part of their brain that's fully developed. And the, the part of the brain to handle that is not. And that's where you come in as a parent. You get to help them learn how to navigate these mm. big emotions that they're feeling. And so you can, especially with young kids, you can say, wow, that is a big emotion you've got under there. What's going on? Help me, help me hear that. This is one way to look at it. Help me see more of your thought bubbles there of what you're seeing, because I want to understand that and help you learn how to navigate that. I'm not here to make you happy, 
but I'm here to guide and teach you along the way. And it yeah. seems that this is really upsetting you. It's taking happiness away. It's taking life away from the moment for you. I want to be very life-giving to you right now. And so let's begin to kind of challenge what you think is unfair right now or what you think should be different. And maybe we could use the word could instead. This, hmm. It could be this way. And this is how you're going to handle that if it's that way. And so take the time. It's very inconvenient initially, but you're teaching them a life lesson that will help them navigate relationships, adversity, and other things. It's very worthwhile. Just realize that if you're having marital issues or stress from work or other things, your first reaction is probably going to be either sarcasm or truly a reaction. Mm, yeah. What you're looking for is a response and a teaching moment. And uh, some parents are very creative as they get in that teaching mode. Uh, sometimes they'll put glasses on or they'll put a, a, a pin on or something just to remind themselves, I'm going into, I need to teach something here. I need to be the parent yes. here. Yes. So what age were you thinking of when you gave us that response a moment ago of, you know, here's what I want to do. I'm not here to make you happy. Are you thinking like nine or 10 or 11? Oh, I'd even, even as early as six. Okay. Six years old going up to... To 12, and when you get into the teen years... That's a whole other podcast. Yes. I mean, that, but it's more conversational yeah. Yeah, than yeah. teen years. Uh, yeah. So bring it down to those earlier ages, mm -hmm. three, four, five. What do I say there? Because they, they're not going to understand a lot of, you know, what we've been talking about to this point. A lot of times it's just being present. Mm -hmm. uh, ask for more. Yeah, they, they, they love asking questions. You can ask them questions. So you're, you're whining a lot. What's that yeah. about? Yeah, hey, I mean, that's you really a pretty want this, direct huh? way. <laughs> you want this. And uh, like, let's say you're at the store and they're whining for oh, a toy, and that's yeah. a common one. Oh, I want that. That's unfair. That, you, you want to be present with that? Maybe you guys could stand there and just stare at it for a while and, <laughs> and just dream about it together for a little bit and, and, and just let them know, hey, that's where it's going to stay. And if he's crying, that's great. You guys can just sit, maybe even sit in uh, just cross-legged or, or in, in the moment, just sit down and just look at it. I was, yeah, it's not quite so light, but I had a child who was uncontrollably uh, distraught about something. I did not know what. And he just sat down in the aisle along the toilet paper and household supplies. And he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't budge. He just sat there screaming. And I decided I would just walk away and see what happened. And he just kept it up until I rounded the corner, and then he stopped. Yeah. It was sort of like, okay, well, there's something going on, and it's not like he stepped on a nail or something. It's not like he's really in pain. He's trying to express something, and I, I went back and got him. I didn't leave him there. But, boy, there are moments when a small child in particular doesn't know what's going on, and I don't know what's going on, and so it's really hard to figure that out. And, John, where it gets complex as well as personality differences, some kids uh, do respond better to parents' responsive behaviors. For some that are much more stubborn-type personalities, strong-willed, it becomes a battle in that mm. moment, and that could be a whole other podcast, just talking yeah. through that one. That's the hardest one. Some other kids, you're right, they, they, they catch up and they calm down. And uh, so that's another complexity a parent has to yeah. ma manage. Uh, the, the whole overarching message here is, Danny, make sure that you're thoughtful about what happens when and that you have some good, reasoned responses to a child's seemingly unreasonable uh, whining and back talk. Right. Yeah. Well, for more practical help, as you've heard today, get in touch with us here at Focus on the Family. We've got so much in the way of resources, videos, articles, books, and more. We would point to the book by Amber and Wendy, 
from whom we heard earlier. Um, it's called Triggers, Exchanging Parents' Angry Reactions for Gentle Biblical Responses. And uh, that's our thank you gift when you join the support team uh, here at Focus on the Family. Today, we rely on your generosity to make podcasts like this and keep all those resources uh, moving and into the hands of parents who need them. So please donate generously today and we'll send that book triggers to you. Call 800-A-FAMILY or look for details in the episode notes. Well, next time we'll have advice from Danny and Jesse Manassian about teaching your kids a biblical vision for sexuality. For now, I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and the entire team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. Mm-hmm.